Welcome to another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. Unfortunately, I am not here with my co-host, Matt, but I do have a very special guest host, my wife, Emily. Hi, I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. I know this is out of your realm of normal, but this is going to be a fun episode. Before we get started with every episode, we do like to introduce our adult beverages of choice. Today, I am drinking some homemade limoncello that Emily has made. It's been, what, fermenting for the past month or so. Yeah, and it's a special limoncello. Tell them why. It's special because it's made from the grain alcohol that we use to make a barrel for our whiskey in our wedding. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's wedding limoncello. Yeah, so it's a little special, and it's really good, too. She, she did a fantastic I job. I did a fantastic job, yes. <laughs> and then I'm chasing that back with a New Glarus Spotted Cow. What about you, Emily? What are you drinking? Well, I'm getting into the festive holiday spirit. I'm having a Moscow Mule, but I, instead of using vodka, I put a little whiskey in it because I have a little bit of a cold and I read that the whiskey is going to help me. So I have a Moscow Mule with whiskey and then with some um, blackberries in it as well. And I tried it. It's very good. And I guess I'm chasing it with a little bit of limoncello as well. Excellent. So like our title suggests, we are covering the anime Arcane today. Arcane is a Netflix special. Came out November 6th, 2021 with nine episodes. Emily, do you want to hit us with the summary? I would love to read this summary from Netflix Wiki. Arcane dives into the delicate balance between the rich city of Piltover and the seedy underbelly of Zon. Tensions between these cities' states boil over with the creation of Hextech, a way for any person to control magical energy in Piltover. And in Zon, a new drug called Shimmer transforms humans into monsters. The rivalry between the cities splits families and friends as Arcane brings life to the relationships that shape some of League of Legends' famous champions, including Vi, Jinx, Caitlyn, Jace, and Victor. Based on the world behind the game League of Legends, the animated event series features a complex world filled with moral decisions, breathtaking animation, and suspenseful storytelling. Dun dun dun! Fantastic job, Emily. Thank you. I'm a great reader. And before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's just take care of Lance's lessons. Today's Lance's Lessons is going to be the Japanese word for professor, and that is Kyoju. Kyoju is spelled K-Y-O-J-U, and Kyoju is very relevant for today because we follow Professor Heimendinger, which is this mm-hmm. little fluffball guy who's lived for a shit long time, mm-hmm. super smart. Did you have a favorite Kyoju in college? Um, I guess my favorite <laughs> turned out to be one of my math teachers in the very beginning in, uh, oh crap, what is it called where you gotta take the you gotta take a science uh sociology whatever all the basic classes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i figure like what your the, prerequisites yeah basically mm-hmm. so i had a math teacher she came off a little um different at first but every day she told these super corny jokes and i really liked them ah uh, yes you would like that for <laughs> sure so i guess she definitely marked one of my favorites give what her about, a shout out what's her name do not remember oh my goodness what about you emily <laughs> 
Who's your favorite professor? Uh, my pa- my favorite professor, her name is B.J. Sullivan. She was one of my dance professors at University North Carolina Greensboro, and she just really helped me mold my career as a dancer and really got my foot in the door with my post-college career. So, yeah, and she for the two years I was there, she I took a lot of her classes and she would spend a lot of time working one-on-one with me to get me set up for what my future would look like. And I really admired her, so. Yeah. Well, that's good. Big part of your who you are today and where you went. That's right. All right. All right. Um, Emily, before almost forgot, uh, we we like to ask all of our new guests, what got you into anime and what would you consider to be your top favorite? Well, what got me into anime? Hmm. I probably would, um, I would pinpoint it back to the year 2019 and I was in a bar and I met this man who introduced me to this whole world of anime that I never knew existed outside of um, Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and who is this man? I mean, he's my husband today. Look at oh, that. Wow. So yeah, you pretty much, I, I never would have been involved. I guess I'm not really involved in the anime world, but I wouldn't have known how extensive it is without your insight. So oh. yeah, I, I would like to clear up a little something because I was listening to your previous podcasts. I heard a comment you made that I don't like anime because I'm afraid people will judge me if I like it. And I'm here to say, that's not the truth. That's not true. Oh, that's good for you to say. I know for a lot of people that that is a truth because Mm -hmm. lots of bullies take advantage of that. I can understand that, yeah. At least back in the day. Yeah, well, honestly, I honestly didn't know that there was such a community for anime in the adult world, which I know I'm not disabled or I'm not trying to, you know, um, I really was surprised at how how big it is or is becoming or probably already was and I just didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you've taught me a lot. Try to. Gotta, <laughs> gotta get you into my world just as much as I try to get into a little bit of your world. But I just wanted to clarify. I don't think it's silly or I didn't, it wasn't because I thought people would judge me. I just, people have their different interests and you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with anime. It's just not always my cup of tea, but I enjoy watching it with you sometimes. Sometimes. For a little bit of backstory, when we first started dating, I tried to get her into Yu Yu Hakusho. Most of the time, Emily was falling asleep. That was her time to take a nap while I just sat there and watched Yu Yu Hakusho. Well, I just think there's... I've only seen, what, like three different animes and... With me, yeah. Yeah. So you asked me my top three. Yep. <laughs> so here we are. Um, but I just, you know, I um, there's certain parts like of Yu Yu Hakusho that I just don't don't jive with, you know. But we watched The Promise Neverland, and I really liked that one. That was a good one. Um, I would watch that one again if it had another season, right? We watched one and two seasons, one and two and right. three. How many seasons are there? There's two. <laughs> There's two. Um, you listened to our episode where we covered season two, but oh, yeah, that's when you threw me under the bus. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so the anime did a terrible job at a- yeah, adapting. Yeah, threw it all together yeah. real fast at the end. So there could have been multiple mm-hmm. seasons, and but they could have yeah. made it into a much more beautiful, long and last, mm-hmm. longer lasting anime, but yeah, they didn't. Maybe they'll go back and do one of those like not prequels, but they'll like all those years in between that they skipped. Maybe they could go back and be nice. do another series, like a in the spinoff series. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a- Covering those middle years, yeah. 
give them justice that they need to make that second season a little more uh, palatable. Mm-hmm. At least compared to the manga readers for sure, because they're all the ones that are really butthurt about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that was would be my favorite. And then Arcane wasn't bad. Yeah. Arcane was interesting. There were parts that I really enjoyed. Yu Yu Hakusho, I just didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. And I've seen, I've seen some Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. When I go to uh-huh. bed. See? <laughs> But I do want to. I, I I'm not. I'm not going to be able to live up to any type of expectation here. I'm just here to talk about what I know from the show. What I what I experienced as an outsider coming in and watching an anime series. So I'm probably not going to have as much in depth conversation as you and Matt would have. But I'll try. That's all right. I'm trying. Yeah, and that'll be a different experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that being said, let's just jump into some character talk. Mm-hmm. Emily, do you have a favorite character out of this entire season? Yeah, I think Caitlin was my favorite. Ooh, Caitlin, really? Yeah, Caitlin was my favorite. I thought that she was, she's incredibly loyal. She's smart. Um, I thought she was very fierce and strong, but not the cliche fierce like she's not um i i feel like jinx was just like your cliche punk hardcore like she gave me um incredible harley quinn vibes Mm -hmm. like as i was watching it that's all i could think of was harley quinn and which is fine but just a little too on the nose for me i was like okay we get it you're you're a, a tortured traumatized child who didn't have a childhood and you're you know I don't know. That's kind of how I felt with her and Vi. Um, So I just, I don't know. I really liked Caitlyn. I thought that she was rational. She worked to get whatever she needed to get done, done. But she also never threw anyone under the bus or never, you know, she always stuck to her word. I thought she was cool. Yep. Those are all all really in-depth thoughts on Caitlyn. Down here, oh, I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> okay, well that's good. I'm prepared. Uh, me, on the other hand, you threw Jinx under the bus, and oh, is Jinx your favorite? Jinx is my she favorite. She would be because you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so she has, she's got that punk look, which is really cool. I really like that. Which I don't have a punk look. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's fine. Um, but like you were saying, um, Harley Quinn a little bit. But I would put her closer to the Joker more than Harley Quinn. Like, she's kind of like the female Joker who just wants to fuck everything up. Mm-hmm. Except Joker mm-hmm. kind of does it with a laugh. She just kind of does it because she's kind of fucked up. Mm. Just period. Yeah, I guess I meant more, like, appearance-wise with mm. her. There's that, that one scene specifically where she's sitting and she's listening to music. And it's, like, really loud rock music. And she's, like, jamming out, making her little bomb. And she just, like, seems crazy. Yep. And it just flies back to what birds of prey oh the mm-hmm. harley quinn movie? yeah mm. i'm also not very well versed in dc <laughs> in all of that either so nope that's totally fine that's just my memory from that was what i put together but yeah uh jinx she's just gives those joker vibes mm-hmm. uh the craziness i like the craziness her blue hair that color blue is a cool color mm-hmm. I, I like that one. If it was like, I don't know, any other color, that might not be as fun. But mm-hmm. the she pulled the blue off. I like that. Otherwise, I would go with the other main character, Vi. Vi is pretty badass. She's very powerful. She's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. And now that I say Vi out loud again and think about your favorite character, I totally thought Vi and Caitlyn were... Gonna be lovers? Be lovers. I think that they, I think they secretly, or like, I think they are. Not secretly, but I think that's what I got from it was that they could have been... 
Oh, definitely. Especially at the very end when Vi, who was it? Was it Caitlin or Vi? One of them touched the other one's cheek, rubbed their cheek tenderly before they turned around and left. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's is that Is that well represented in the anime world? Uh, Like girl on girl friendships? No, relationships. Relationships? Mm Um, Are there, is it mainly well, focused on heterosexual relationships? I was going to say, we can just be straightforward and like gay relationships are not that relevant. Like there's going to be a few sprinkled in here and there, but romantically, not often, not mm-hmm. often at all. See, that could have been a cool like barrier to break down. Could have mm-hmm. been very forthcoming. Could have. Um, oh, I was just saying, oh, uh, there's probably more gay guys versus gay girls in mm-hmm. a lot of anime. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I thought that Vi, it was cool. I did think Vi was, again, like your typical, oh, chip on her shoulder. She's like, I don't know, just typical. They just seemed like the predictable, typical, tough girl, which is fine. But that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I kind of liked Caitlyn because it didn't seem so cliche. But I did like about Vi that she was very, like she had this very hard, tough exterior. But then you got to see her soft side, her vulnerable side towards powder you know so she was able to show both sides of her which i right. thought was cool i like I, I just felt like vi was like extra tough like she spat out a tooth at one point because she was getting into that fight uh a little bit extra badass mm-hmm. and plus when she was older and then she had that extra flow of hair in her front that made it longer mm-hmm. again with the punk look i mm-hmm. thought that looked pretty cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> any more characters that you thought were pretty cool or mm-hmm. that you disliked I really, in the beginning, I really liked Mel. Like, I was really intrigued by her. I thought she was beautiful. And Mel was the royal daughter. Uh, she was a... a council member. A council member. She's a council member you. that got with Jace. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I really liked her in the beginning. I thought she was very... I don't know. She seemed very, like... Unique in the sense that, like, she wasn't all about the money, unlike all the other council members mm -hmm. were. Yeah, yeah. But then there was a moment I really did. I thought that she, maybe she was, I guess, what was your take on it? But when her and Jace got together, I was like, she is just trying to make him a pawn. I thought deep down she was evil. Like, I thought that she... There came a point in the series where I thought she was faking it and she really was just using him and manipulating him, which I guess in a way she kind of was because she felt she knew what was best. Um, but I also think she did have true feelings for him, but I thought she was going to like turn evil and, or not turn evil, but that she, that was all a facade. And, but I think we saw that that's not true when her mom came and we saw her past of how she was banished because she wasn't that evil, didn't have that evil, um, side to her. You right. Know. And I guess I need to take back like she wasn't like controlled by money because she was definitely mm-hmm. motivated by money. Yeah. But I wanted to say like her motivations weren't, I don't know, like she was looking to the future mm-hmm. for future money, but for like the greater good, not just like, well, if we shut down the city, then I'm not going to get my money from trades, like lowball kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. like she wanted hype. She wanted the best of technology and she saw that in Jace and she wanted to push for a better future for Piltover and for everybody else. Yeah. You know, also including herself. But right. I just felt like she was a special case compared mm-hmm. to the others. The other councilmen. Yeah. Uh, her mom was, was an interesting character. Mom. <laughs> yeah, big buff woman. We got to see her naked for a second. We're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just she, the backside, though. Just the backside. I hope that when I'm that old, I'm that confident. Just to get out of a tub in just front of walk a around. group of people. Yeah. She had no cares. No? Mm-mm. She knew what she wanted. She had that little skinny boy at the tip of her finger. That was pretty <laughs> funny, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I think those are my favorites. Um, what, who was your most, your least favorite character? I don't think I have a least favorite character. I think everybody in here was played out pretty well. It was a little unfortunate that, like, that group of kids that ever yeah. we grew up with in the first couple episodes, uh, Clogger, the fat friend, and Milo, the skinny, crazy-haired one, uh, too bad, you know, that they died. You know, it adds to the drama of the series. Mm-hmm. So you kind of need that in a way, which also brings up the point why um, Jinx is crazy, because mm-hmm. she still hears their voices in her head and she made dolls of them when she grew up and so yeah it's fun like it just makes you wonder what would have been like if they grew up with them became adults with them and just stuff like that is just maybe some of them would have become firelights like echo did that's true mm-hmm. yeah echo was a little badass yeah he was cool echo for our listeners to reminder he used that little kid who squirmed around at that shop where Vander, the dad figure, went to go like sell random parts and whatever. And he had like this white hair. And after Vi got put in jail and time passed by, he was like the leader of the hoverboard crew. Mm-hmm. So he did turn into a little bit of a badass. Oh, uh, hoverboards reminded me of Heimerdinger, uh, mm-hmm. professor, just like our Lance's lessons. I liked him a lot. Yeah, I did because too. Because I felt bad that like all of his wisdom throughout the years was Mm -hmm. overlooked because of youth and craving for power and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So it's just an interesting perspective. I wrote in my notes, why is Professor Heimendinger a gremlin? Why is he the only one that is like a... Is it because he's old? Must be. Is that what you look like when you're however old he is? He's several hundred years old. Like what? Over a thousand or something? Yeah, I I thought it was more like a thousand. I, I don't remember exactly, but... I was like, he's the only... Everyone else is kind of... It's like a weird world where there's some humans and some humans have... Like that one councilman had that like robot neck. Yep. There was like a ticking gear. Yeah. Yeah. So that was already interesting that there's so many different types. But all the main characters seem to be like people people. Yeah. For the most part. But then there's outliers that like were different but mm-hmm. i wasn't i was confused yeah so i never, get that it's an anime world but yeah um they never clarified what breed or type of what breed creature of he was. <laughs> <laughs> what creature heimendinger was but there was a couple more like troll like looking characters down in the undercity too yeah like there was that like brothel area yeah where there was that troll looking woman mm-hmm. down there yeah so there's a couple more characters Oh, and with the hoverboarders, there was, like, that bat beast looking guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just interesting that some are human, some are not. Right. But, yeah. I don't know. Could have been different splices of shit going down in the Undercity. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, oh, I thought it was really interesting, this animation style. Like, to me, the animation style almost looked reminiscent of, like, Polar Express or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like, obviously, I've only seen three animes, but the other, like, the style was really cool. I liked. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different technique for sure. I'm sure, obviously, it's this very first thing everybody notices. It throws everybody mm-hmm. off in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to think about it when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, full disclosure, there, I 
I've seen this once before Emily did. That's why I felt confident showing her this because I liked it. So I wanted her to see it. He did try to, he, because I'm a dancer, he wanted us to watch this dance anime together, which I thought was very kind, but I didn't think the audience would maybe be interested in watching that anime. So, or listening to it. That and the specific <laughs> one. Because there was like three that I yeah. looked into. And like the very specific one, the top rated mm-hmm. dancing anime wasn't mm-hmm. like readily available to watch yeah. on any of the streaming shit that mm-hmm. we have. So that sucked. But anyway, the first time you watched this, the animation style through Yeah. Off. So just like everybody else, I'm sure everyone feels the same. It's this is a very weird animation. I don't know how I feel about it. And then after you get used after couple episodes you get used to it like okay this is kind of cool so yeah i learned to like it and then i thought it was interesting the battle scene between jinx and echo was like just thinking of that a whole nother type of like i'm a little confused i guess it was cool but why that one scene maybe because the last time they saw each other they were children so this was like a very childlike not childlike fight but I felt like the animation was more kiddish. Yep. I, I don't... 100%. I don't know how to explain um, it, but... If you want my two cents into it, it's it's near the end of the series when Jinx and uh, and Echo are going to have, like, this shootout with each other. Although Jinx... At the arcade, the, right? Or is it not at the arcade? At the arcade. I don't remember if Maybe it's at it's the not. arcade okay. or not. I think it's on a rooftop or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jinx is, like, shooting at Echo and... It keeps jumping back and forth between adults and children because they want to give us viewers, like, when they were kids, they would be playing with, like, paintballs and whatnot. So, like, in in their childhood, they'd be having fun. But right now, they're actually trying to kill each other. Right. So they're they're making these huge differences seem playful at the same time, and it's a different perspective. And it I like that. And yeah. then I also like when shows do like a like a what if factor. Like they showed all that fun stuff happening, and then they reverted like ten seconds, and then they showed everything in real time. And that whole scene lasted like what ten to twenty seconds, like with yeah. the with the kid. Mm-hmm shooting at each other but then the real scene itself happened in like three seconds and so that was really cool and fast motion yeah to see that kind of a breakdown and welcome back from our break uh before we get started Emily went through her notes, and she did just so happen to find Heimerdinger's actual age. Yeah, I, in episode two, I have it written down, Gremlin Man, Professor Heimendinger, 307. So I'm assuming that was his age. I don't know why Her else age. I would write 307. Yeah, right. so not thousands of years like we had previously <laughs> stated. And that's okay. I mean, it would have been pretty cool if he was over a thousand. So three. So that's what you look like when you're three hundred. That's not. I feel like that isn't that far off. I don't know. He's what meme? No. Oh. <laughs> no. No. I mean, like, I feel like that would be more of what you'd look like at a thousand years old than three hundred. Oh, okay. I mean, compared to a human, that's amazing. You look nothing like a gremlin. Okay. <laughs> um. But also, Heimerdinger, three oh seven. He's walking around, getting around. Yeah. So he's. Still taking care of himself, so 307, probably got another 300 years in him. Doubt it. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to judge. Is that normal? You think that's normal for people to live that long if they don't get in fights and kill each other? <laughs> like well, in, in Piltover, in that in that world that they live in, you no, think that's normal or I not think it's, normal? 
I think Heimerdinger is different because I think he's got some form of arcane magic in him or he's been affected or his race has been affected by arcade. That's what I would like to imagine. And so that's why he doesn't want other people to have it? In a way, because he did say that he's seen the arcane magic Hmm. take over people and consume them and want more and end up ultimately destroying maybe it, everybody. Maybe it's made him immortal and now he can never die. And That could be one thing too. He feels stuck and he wouldn't want this for anybody else. So it's more of a curse on him maybe. than he once wanted? Who knows? We need to put the disclaimer out there that, well, obviously me, but you've never played League of Legends. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah I've never no, played it, so it's not like have, I know any insight on backstories. Or... Maybe he... Maybe we would find out in there. <laughs> yeah, um, just to throw that out there again, League of Legends is just a mobile video game. I watched a five-minute video on it to see if I could share anything with you guys, but it's really just this cool game where you build a team, go fuck other teams, and gather resources. It's I, it, I'm sure I'd get into it if I wasn't already stupidly addicted to my other game, but... Which That's for a whole nother podcast. We could have a whole podcast about <laughs> your phone game you play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about Victor and Jace. Yeah, so uh, we kind of have to talk about Victor, Jace, and their Hextech equipment and everything that they do together because that's a huge part of this entire series. So we have Victor. He is from the Undercity. He's a cripple. He's got this leg problem. We, they never really explain why. I, I was curious what actually is wrong with him. Like he's coughing up blood. I know he's sick, but... Like in is the it... current time he's coughing up blood, but yeah. as a child he wasn't. Right. So as I'm wondering if he has like some chronic illness or what. Right. I thought maybe I missed it. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch either. Okay. On both times that I've watched this, I didn't catch anything. Okay. And not only that, but like, yeah, he had uh, his disability in as a child in the Undercity. But even when he advanced his own life and went to the Upper City to Piltover and became a scientist and all that fun stuff, like he never improved himself in any way not even with Hextech which threw me off because you'd imagine like if you're a scientist if I'm a scientist and I have a problem such as that I think I would be a little self-interested into fixing myself uh-huh. or at least fixing myself and others like yeah. me or something like that I don't know that I guess that might just be me well maybe the things that they were making I mean like the things they were making would improve his quality of life ultimately but I guess, I guess. they would improve everybody's quality of life yeah but didn't I guess I'm a little bit confused about the whole situation where like that that the arcane magic or whatever that jewel yeah yeah not the jewel not the jewel, but the more of like the hexagon shaped thing that. Oh, the hex cube? Yeah, the hex cube, like it seemed to almost be powered by Victor's blood. Oh, they made mention that it responds to organic material. Okay, so and that. And I guess blood is considered organic material because okay. they may mention that they were like throwing plants at it and like, uh-huh. or they threw like a seed or a small plant at it. And it accelerated the growth of that plant. Okay. But then it rapidly decayed. So, like, it was awesome at first, and then it just ultimately fucked over in the end. So, that's what happened with Sky? Like, why did Sky get disintegrated and Victor didn't? That's a good point. Um, I'm not exactly sure because to bring our audience into view, uh, in the second to last episode, Sky, uh, Victor's assistant, that woman that was kind of getting some feelings for him, Mm -hmm. or wanted to express her feelings towards him because that was obvious. 
but he was having a breakdown and Sky came up and like Victor was about to touch the hex cube or like he did, but he was also being touched by Sky at the same time. And I think, I don't know, this this is going to be some anime logic shit that's going to go happen. But my first impression is going to be that Sky was the sacrifice for Victor so that he would survive the Hextech But that's not what transfers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the Hextech needed substance and Victor wanted to reap some of the power, but because, like, he wouldn't be strong enough by himself, Sky was that uh, extra boost of energy mm-hmm. so that... I, I think Victor is going to come and play in Season 2 where he's going to be able to maintain or control or absorb some power from the Hexed Cube itself. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Is there a Season 2? There is currently no talk of a Season 2. Nothing's oh, okay. been confirmed. Okay. Uh, I looked the other day. They're looking at like 2024. Okay. All right. that, that's just rumors. <laughs> There's nothing. Nothing is confirmed. Yeah, that was interesting. I was curious about that, and I wanted to wait to ask you. Oh, yeah. Until now. Um, When they were going to show, when they were going to present their Hextech projects to the city, and Hyman Dinger was, like, telling them that they need to wait because the magic, or or the technology is too advanced, and people aren't going to know how to use it, and it's going to turn out bad before good. I guess I was confused by that because I was thinking, why does it have to be all or nothing? Why do they either have to show the people and let them use it or keep it a secret? In my head, I was like, why can't they show them, hey, this is what we're working on. It's not available or it's not going to be like distributed until we perfect it, but just to give them a taste of, hey, this is what Hextech can do. I was just confused by that. Like they're being so dramatic about it because obviously Victor and um, Jace were so upset because they're like, we want to show this. Like this is what's happening. This is the future. You could have showed it, but that doesn't mean you have to start handing them out. Right. Right? Yeah, that's a very good point. And very, I don't know, I guess they wanted to show the drama between them wanting to push their product so aggressively. Like this, we see, we see the good in our product and we want to get this out as soon as possible because we know it could help people. The longer we wait, the more people will suffer and stuff like that. Yeah, but they could have. It could have at least given people hope that these this thing was in the works. You know, mm-hmm. I wrote down that Victor. I I thought that there was going to be a battle between Victor and Jace, not like a physical oh, battle, but like you know, a rivalry or like some yeah, hatred or because some strain on the relationship. Yeah, because I, I I had wrote that Victor is going to become impatient and Jace is going to lose focus, which I, I guess fell or. Yeah, this was this was episode five. So this is um yeah, I think this is just when he and Mel were kind of starting to collaborate. Collaborate. Yeah. Before that they before they got, you know, close together. But I think, yeah, I it just seemed like Victor was so focused on this, he wanted to push it, he wanted to get it out there. And at that time, Jace was listening to Heimerdinger and saying, Yeah, like maybe we should wait. And I just felt Victor was gonna become impatient and was gonna be frustrated that they've worked all this time not to get it out and and yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Especially because Victor's the one who kind of has a... Well, I was about to say a more personal interest, but I can't say that because Jace was literally transported by the Arcane in his childhood. Like, remember he was going through that blizzard with his mom? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then some magical wizard came and, like, teleported Mm -hmm. them into the city. So they both have... 
Yeah, but I think maybe Jace was a little more open to listening to Heimendinger of saying, yeah, this is an awesome product, but we need to, yeah, we need to take our time because it is true if it's not ready and it's in hands of people who don't properly know how to use it, then it can be bad. So I don't think it's necessarily Jace didn't have as much of a push to get it out there as much as he was just being cautious. Cautious, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jace is very good in this first season about seeing both sides of the good and bad Mm -hmm. on every decision he ends up making because he kind of does play both sides on every decision, especially when he went to take matters into his own hands when he joined forces with Vi to go smash down one of Silco's shimmer stations and he was totally on board with destroying everything that uh the undercity might have Mm -hmm. to overtake them and as soon as he accidentally killed that one boy Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he saw all the horrors of war and yeah what everything mel had warned him about yeah yeah exactly so he saw what he wanted and he saw what he didn't want and he just needed to come to a realization that shit's real and everything has consequences one person we haven't even spoke about once yet is silco i guess i kind of brought him up but yeah bringing up his one person we haven't even talked in depth about yet is silco Okay, that's a good way to bring that back. Yeah, Silco is a very interesting character. Like, I wanted to say, like, I thought he was such a... I felt he was such a stupid character in the very beginning when I first watched this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But, like, his character development and descriptively and all that fun stuff, like, he really grew on me as in, like, a person who's of interest, at least. What were your thoughts on him? Well, what is the original beef with Silco and Vander? Like, why did Vander try to drown Silco? What is... I don't understand their history. I don't remember exactly, but the first thing that comes to my mind is when Vander led the original rebellion on the Upper City, he was all for it. Vander was. And when he started seeing the consequences of war, he started backing down. And I think Silco was the one that wanted to continue no matter what. And I think what ended up happening was those two had some beef with each other in that shoreline because it was in the water. And I think... He, I think Vander just tried to kill him so that they can stop the war. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming to my mind right now. It's interesting to me that like they have such hatred towards each other, but then Silco was so quick to take in Powder as his own. You'd mm-hmm. think that like your mortal enemy's daughter, you wouldn't feel that way towards. So like clearly Silco has a little bit of humanity in him or something because a little bit he was able to take powder in like his own daughter i'd say it was an easier decision for him because he was ready to shoot her remember because she was crying in the streets and he pulled out her gun he was ready to shoot her and then silco saw that she was broken oh so he- and she was going mad with whatever emotion that was flowing through yeah. him. So I think Silco saw a broken child who now hated her sister mm-hmm. and he saw potential in that. Yeah, and actually that was another thing that I had noted is just that Jinx is so easily, that's why she wasn't my favorite character, she's so easily manipulated by mm-hmm. Silco. Like she cannot have an, an own independent thought. Even then when Vi comes back, it's like she's so confused of, do I believe Vi, do I believe Silco? Like 
I just wanted her to be able to, again, I get she went through all this trauma and all this, but like have an independent thought and like make your mind up for yourself because Silco could literally say anything and she was, it felt like that was just always what she went by. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she didn't know what who to trust. Well, at the same time, Silco was the one that took her in for years. Yeah, but I don't know. At a certain point, you're old enough. I know, like, make a decision for yourself or, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. You don't have to be manipulated by everybody. Right. I also, there were moments that I felt uncomfortable with Silco and Jinx's relationship. Yeah, there, there were, was I, lots of them. There were a couple moments where I was like, okay, wait a minute. Did they, like, progress their relationship? Or what, like, isn't that her dad in a way? But Yes, because I guess Silco would be, like, her step-step-dad. Because Vander took the place yeah. of their, of her actual dad who died on that right. first rebellion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so she's yeah. It's like her second stepdad. It's yeah. kind of strange. But yeah, to your point, there was lots of moments that made you think that like maybe they were romantic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they weren't. But they weren't, which made well, it. I'm glad that good. that wasn't thrown in there because that would have made me. That would turn me right on off to this. Right, and I think that's probably <laughs> a good thing. This was an American anime because maybe if it was Japanese, it would have been more of the like, oh yeah, senpai. I love you long time or something like that. Like, I know it's a huge uh, trope mm. when we talk about like lolly hags and stuff like that. What's like, a lolly hag? A lolly hag is an older person who looks younger. Oh. You know what? I can't say that because this is someone younger or someone else. Okay. Um, one thing in staying on Silco here in episode seven when he went... I don't know, was it the council he went to? He went to somebody, so, some room full of people, and he was talking to them, and he dropped this, like, smog bomb, and everybody started, like, choking. Mm -hmm. And, like, all I was thinking was, like, why don't you get up and leave the room? Were they locked in that room? Like, everyone's sitting there. They can't breathe. Get out of the room. But I think I think they might have been locked in that room there. It might have been locked in, or it might have been, like... A forced respect because like he's supposed to be the leader of these henchmen and like if they just got up and left then maybe that's a sign of like disrespect well, like, or like sit there and rebellion. Die. get up and die i would it's a tough run. it's a tough world i don't know they're in the undercity why wasn't silco affected by that I did think that too because he was like the last one to take a puff of that mess. Yeah. Oh, sorry. To put our audience into perspective, Silco and his henchmen, you may remember one guy had a lighter, one girl kind of already, oh, was she had like some nose tubes going on or something like that? The one whose child died in the raid, she had some kind of thing going on. Maybe she had like like oxygen things. In her yeah. Uh, whatever. The point is there's a couple... He, Silco has his own councilman in the Undercity, and they're starting to think of a rebellion against him so that they can run the city over him. And Silco comes in here like a boss, drops this poisonous, toxic fume bomb, and everybody starts choking on it. And Silco is the last one to put on a mask to keep himself... He was so Straight. calm. Everyone else was choking and uh -huh. and couldn't breathe, and he was just living his best life. And I was like, I, I was wondering if he was immune to it, but then he ended up taking the puff. Right, but he was he was strong enough to like not cough to mm -hmm. it or anything, unlike yeah. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very strange scene. So maybe he had some immunity to it. Maybe because his childhood was even more screwed up, and like 
he was immune or used to it. I don't know. So yeah, there was well, there was nothing more than a power play that whole entire scene. Yeah. It's just like, right. don't fuck with me. I still have the upper hand here. You know what's funny is when Vict- when we saw the scene with Victor being younger, when Victor was a child and he was meeting Singed, was it? Singed, yeah. Singed is the strange doctor guy that was in the cave that Victor had this motorboat go down the stream and like there was this crazy scientist and like there was this fishy monster. So mm-hmm. Singed was that scientist guy. Yeah, I ori- I wrote down, I originally thought that Victor was, that was Victor as a child meaning Silco. Yeah. They- I thought that was Silco, maybe just because both of their faces had situations on them. So then the whole time during that episode, I was thinking that maybe Victor was going to go... Because at the end, it seemed like Victor was like, oh, he was right all along. And so I was like, now Victor's going to go and join forces with Silco and take Mm. the Hextech technology there. That would have been crazy. But I was just wrong is all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Singe was kind of a character that needed a little bit more explanation. Because what I feel is Shimmer came from Singe, from his creatures. And I don't think they fully flushed out that information. And that's just me pulling stuff from the air because I think that's, I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Not that I took a deep dive in anything, but I wish they would have put a little bit more explanation of that. The little blue balls are that those are containing arcane magic. Yeah, that's kind of what I took from it. So, but if you drop them, they explode only sometimes. Um... I think what the anime might explain is when they were initially dropped in the very beginning, Uh they were these rugged, rough rocks. And what we saw at the end of the anime, they were these smooth, round rocks. So, like, everything could be contained a lot easier in something in a smoother ball. Oh, I guess I didn't notice that. That So, I guess the best way that I'm thinking about this is when if you were to put metal into a microwave, like if you were to put a fork in a microwave, the jagged edges of the fork, or even a wrinkled up piece of tinfoil, aluminum foil, the spikes and edges of that metal is going to make energy jump from edge to edge and that's what gives the sparks but if you were to put a small circular plate of metal in a microwave then there's no jumping of energy the microwaves just smoothly go over and there is going to be no sparks really yes i could put a ball of metal in the microwave if it's perfectly smooth do not try this at home people This is We're just, just condoning this behavior. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's all a matter of surface. Uh, the, the smoother the surface, the more clean the energy is going to go across it. But since the rocks in the beginning were jagged, and if they dropped it, the vibrations of energy that are in the rock is just going to explode. Like, it was, I don't know, that's just are the fact sure that no, they were definitely jagged. So then they must have smoothed them out? Yeah, somehow. And they never explained it in the anime, but like, in the last half of the manga mentions maybe oh this isn't a manga is it (laughs) no it might be i don't know i never looked into this but because yeah because matt's not here we didn't get any kind of original source i did not read the manga god damn it you could have told me one thing you could have done what kind of segment do i get to do (laughs) nothing i got to read the summary i guess i'll take it i had to ask though by the way (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that's my intake of the stones and 
Yeah. Stuff like that. I thought that the shimmer was an interesting commentary on addiction. Yeah. Uh, the whole shimmer concept in general, oh. I loved everything about it. From like what you said with uh, addiction to like the super amplified powers that it gives you. Yeah. It, it gave me like hardcore Resident Evil vibes in the beginning. Mm, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> she's laughing because she's not too... <laughs> I've never. She I doesn't don't know, know too much about. about it. But like uh, the first guy we saw with Shimmer, his name was Grayson. He was that boy that tried to steal all of the kids' uh, stolen goods in the beginning. Whatever. Grayson got injected with the Shimmer, and he looked up. He looked like this tyrant-looking guy from Resident Evil, and he was ready to fuck shit up. Mm. And it was really cool. And then at the end of the series, when more people are given Shimmer, uh, they're all put into like Bioshock outfits. Bioshock's a video game. Sorry, you're not. You might not get that. Um, but they're all like these super, super fast, strong guys, and great fight scene at the end. But then we get to see the effects of small doses of Shimmer on people in the Undercity who don't get regular doses to keep up their high and whatnot. Yeah, I really I thought the um, interaction was really interesting with when Caitlin and Vi went down to the Undercity and was it Vi that was injured and needed help and their old friend, Vi's old friend, found them. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his name was. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. This, the glasses. <laughs> there's this person that wanted to help Vi get yeah. this uh, medicine and this person didn't want Vi to know exactly who they were. And Oh yeah, because he, he showed himself to Caitlin but not Vi. Right. But then ended up turning them in for Shimmer. Right, exactly. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I couldn't get that that commentary out of my head of just, that's what addiction looks like. And, yeah, exactly. You know, like, it's so interesting. He was so ready to help an old friend out, but as soon as that drug yeah. was given, mm-hmm. uh, he, he threw everybody have, under the bus. because yeah, he can't control it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, but progress day looks like a party. Progress day, yeah. I want to have a progress day. It's too bad we can't come together as a nation to do that. I guess what 4th of July is like our progress day. I guess. But it's just per city. Like Uh, progress day is Piltover's celebration. Like what is Green Bay's celebration? Packers win. I don't know. It hasn't happened much this year. Well, the second like... half of the season's been good. Okay. Is this, a, is this ESPN over <laughs> um, But I think it'd be fun to have a whole, just one annual day where our city is just celebrating our city. Yeah. I probably wouldn't go, but it would still be cool <laughs> to like... I just, it looked fun. I want some blimps to fly in and... I want a blimp ride. Living in... An area where blimps are a common form of transportation. That's fucking crazy. That'd be so fun. That's so like futuristic. And they did a good job in this show showing not, futuristic like, stuff. But it's not. We have blimps now. Have you ever been on a hot air balloon? No. Me either. Oh. I might throw up probably. <laughs> but I'm just like, those aren't futuristic. We, like, why isn't that more of a... Uh, moat. I guess mate, it's probably terrible for the ozone. Yeah, because I guess that's a Maybe. lot of... Probably can't be worse than a jet stream, though. Plane. Well, I guess the reason why the blimps are more useful in this world is because there's already skyscrapers and stuff like that where they want to go from like a top floor of one building to a top floor of another building. I don't know. That's just what's crossing my mind. Oh, yeah. but like Sky travel. Yeah, but like here, if I just got in a hot air balloon, I could surpass all the traffic. I could just go... It- well, on the other hand, hot air balloons only react to wind conditions, where oh, these ones... True. 
we were need a blimp jet instead. propelled or not jet propelled but like they were controlled by propellers and whatnot okay. too so but no one else can have one because then if there's too many in the sky then it just is like the ground you know or even like the sea where it's gonna take too long to control to move how you want to move yeah in an instant so we have to limit it mm-hmm Okay. <laughs> we'll get on the technology. Our next purchase is going to be a blimp, and we will maybe we'll podcast from the blimp. <laughs> from 2,000 feet in the air, here's another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. With your really super special co-host. <laughs> All right. I mean, the lot, yeah. All right. Uh, one more character that I think we need to talk about is Savika. And Savika is Silko's number two right-hand woman. And it might be ironic because I don't think she has a right hand. Do you remember? <laughs> I think it's her left. Her left. I think. I want to say it's her left hand. Okay, yeah, I, I can't remember at the moment. But yeah, Listeners, we'll, let us know. I, I mean, we could easily look at a picture at the moment. But one... Let's she, see, you think it's the right hand? I think it's the left hand. Let's make a bet. No, I, I do think it's her left arm. You just said that because I said I it. I know, but because it, it, <laughs> it made the joke work. But oh, I do think it's her okay. left arm that's mechanical. Can we look it up? Quick Google search. Is that your Google search music? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's her left hand. There you oh, go. Oh, look at that face. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, right-hand woman, left-hand mechanical. So, she's kind of this badass. <laughs> of course, she's just this other person that your typical thug. Uh, she injects Shimmer into her mechanical arm so that she gets more power, and she's just powerful. But a nice redeeming quality from her was near the end. I wouldn't say redeeming in a good way, but redeeming in a loyal way. Yeah, at, I like that scene. At the end, when the dude with the lighter, Finn, uh, tries to get a rebellion going against Sil- Silco, and he brings that other oxygen-masked woman with him, and like they're getting ready to throw Silco over. And for a second, uh, Savika raises that blade, and it looks like she's about to backstab Silco and slice his head off. But in actuality, she cuts down Finn because... She's on Silco's side always and forever. So I thought that was a good turn of events. Like, Because it made it sound... Cause she's been approached twice mm-hmm. by Finn and Party to switch sides because Silco's slipping. And mm-hmm. here she is, against all odds, staying on Silco's side. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I really mm-hmm. thought it was the end of Silco. Um, but it just, again, goes to show how easily people are manipulated by Silco. It's so annoying. Like, come on, Zavika, have an original thought and <laughs> just think for yourself and figure out what's best for you. Silco's obviously a bitch. Like, yeah, ultimately, Silco has nothing going like, for him no. in his back pocket. If they were to it. kill him, what would they lose? Exactly. Just a jerk, like a, a mean leader. They, they, it's a, they wouldn't lose access to Shimmer. It's not like he has this wealth of knowledge, I don't think. They made no mention of him being the only one that knows a certain secret. Right. Or he's he's just this skinny old man. It's not like he's super powerful and like he's going to lead an army head on or anything like that. Like There's nothing that makes him stand out specifically. Yeah. Other than just relations. Her and Finn could have had a good thing going there. Definitely. They could... Together, they could have definitely taken over the Undercity. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, Silco's dead now, so... Oh, so maybe that'll be an episode season two. So some... Well, I guess... No, I think Vi is going to take over the Undercity. I think that's how... Actually, everyone's just going to die because Jinx shot the missile. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, she... Well, now that we're here, let's just talk about the final episode. We're here. We're here. We've arrived. Took a long and winding road. 
So Savika kills Finn. That's how everything starts. And Jace and Silco end up meeting up and they have a little conversation and they want peace between the upper and the lower cities. And the the deal was if Piltover, the upper city, would be given Jinx so that she can answer for her crimes, then the upper city would give the lower city the nation of Zaun and they would be, I don't know, more powerful or more being given a higher title of some sorts. They would have been more recognized. What is the nation of Zaun? I'm a little... Like, is it just the name that Silco wanted, like... I think Instead so. of the Undercity, this is the nation of Zaun. Maybe. Because, like, the upper city's called Piltover, so maybe uh-huh. the lower city's technical name is Zaun, but, like, it wasn't official yeah. because the upper city doesn't, doesn't get too shit. Doesn't care about it, yeah. Right, so... Maybe they'd have a little more respect. Exactly, yeah. So maybe that's what it was. Mm. Uh, hand over Jinx, we'll give you your city. Obviously, that didn't go too well. And then what ends up happening is... Jinx is going on her little rampage, and she kidnaps Vi. Shooting everybody and everything. Yeah, right after. Oh, right after she kidnaps Vi, Caitlyn, and Silco, and she's having this little breakdown with every with all of them. Like, come to my side, no, come to my side, and then she's just going crazy because she's seeing images of her old friends. Yeah. And in that breakdown, she ends up shooting Silco, so he ends up dying at that moment. So shit gets real. So it. I mean, he appeared dead. I'm only gonna say that because anime does sometimes be like. Okay, he didn't actually die. Yeah, there's die. so many times I wrote down so-and-so is dead at the end of each episode. Or, like, after that monkey bomb, Echo and um, Jinx. Jinx should have been dead. Exactly. Or, or, not, maybe that wasn't monkey bomb. Yeah, when they were yeah. fighting. Yeah. On the bridge. Like, yeah. there's so many times I was like, oh, this person was dead. This person was dead. Actually, no one's dead. Right. Well, to be fair, Jinx was on the brink of death, and Shimmer brought her back to life. But then what about Echo? He's just fine. I think he escaped. I don't know. Uh, that, well, that part wasn't too sure. No, he escaped because my next note is Heimerdinger helps out the hoverboards. Yeah, because... I know. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. But but in that scene, they like slowly zoom over both of them to make you think they're dead. Right. That's what we call animal yeah. logic. Animal logic. That's what we call anime <laughs> logic. <laughs> Somehow they just escape properly and everything yeah. works out for the so best. So Selko could still be alive. So, yes, I would like to imagine maybe he, too, is on the brink of death. You would like to imagine a world where Silco is still alive? You need that drama. I think there's enough drama going on. <laughs> Piltover is about to explode. Yeah, um, they're about to explode. And then and then Jinx is going to be the leader of the Nation of Zaun, whatever's left of it. And then Vi is going to... Oh, never mind. Caitlyn's going to be the leader of Piltover, whatever's left of it. I don't know how she'd get there or how it would happen, but it will. And then it's this battle between Caitlyn and Jinx. That would be Vi. It doesn't really work. There's a lot of things I've not taken into consideration. but Well, that could be good because Vaya is kind of torn between Caitlyn and Jinx as it is. Mm-hmm. And if they both take over each other's nations and they have to go to war with each other mm-hmm. and Vaya's stuck in the middle, which side she's going to ultimately choose. I mean, of course, the season finale is going to be like her making peace between both the worlds, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would be interesting. So is there any way this missile... I mean, we see it go through the glass. Yeah. 
So Jinx gets this Hextech powered shark missile and shoots it at the upper city's council team. So we know shit's going to get fucked up real fast. And it breaks the glass and we know it's about to explode, but it doesn't actually explode yet. That's not Is it, it like her old school? Well, she didn't make it though. Hextech did. It's a Hextech bomb? I thought that was... It was powered by Hextech. So um... it made it... It made it, like, more power. Okay. So, yeah, shit's gonna get real. I bet that the next season, the first the, the first episode is the missile coming through yep. and not exploding. Do we think it's gonna like explode? Like the monkey bomb. Her monkey bombs don't always work. Back then. Yeah. I think because it's powered by Hextech, there's no way it cannot explode. So who is all in that room that's gonna die? It's Jace, isn't it? I think Jace will live. I can't see him dying. I would say maybe half the council will die. Mel has to survive. Yeah. Jace has to survive. And those are kind of the two bigger huh. names. Caitlin and Vi weren't there, right? No, they were... Well, Vi is definitely backed by Jinx. Mm-mm. When Jinx shot the missile? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember, I guess. She was having the breakdown between who to trust. Yeah, but... Yeah, okay. Um, a little foggy for me. As for Caitlin, I'm not exactly sure. She might have been back at her house. I don't know. Details are a little foggy. <laughs> All right. It's been half a week since we watched the last episode. But yeah, I do 100% expect the first episode of season two to go balls to the walls, shit going down very, or very beginning. It's either going to show the missile coming through or it's going to be like one year later and it's going to just fast forward and then we're going to have to fill in the pieces like, you know. Bit by bit. Like with the promise Neverland where they skip it all. And all of a sudden, actually, maybe it'll start with, like, a new city. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to wait a year. At least. At least. Nothing's in the makings. Who can we write to uh, to move this process along? Whoever the creators of the mobile game League of Legends are. I don't know. I mean, I'm invested now. You made me start this one, and you <laughs> the one seasoner. Yeah, it's gonna. It, it's amazing. It's too big of a cliffhanger. It's it's annoying that this shit. I guess to be fair, it's 2022 right now. That sh- it's it about can, to be 2023. It's about to be 2023. Okay, by the time this episode release, sorry, this is a episode that me and Emily are recording when uh, Matt can't make an episode because he's too busy giving birth to his new child. So good luck giving birth, Matt. <laughs> Hope it goes well. Yeah. Um, not Matt himself, obviously. Matt, Matt's wife. That was the joke yeah. I was making. Oh, okay, right okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So this is a pre-recorded episode. We have not yet. I mean, it's the end of December, but this show is over a year old. A year goes by, still not a single rumor, reliable rumor, going around saying that a season two is in the making or anything like that. So it's hard to say, mm. and it's it's nothing you can count on. Lots of words. Do you have any more? Topics you want to talk about? I mean, I could just I could just go on and on all day about anime. So oh, we know we you can. <laughs> now that it's your new favorite thing in the entire world. You know, I feel like those are my major um, points of interest. Fair enough. We don't have to beat this anime into the ground. So overall, being someone who is relatively new to the whole anime slash animation experience, uh, what do you think you would rate this? And would you uh, would you recommend this to others? Are we going out of ten? Out of five? Out of twelve? What, what's the your mark? choice? Five or ten? Five or ten? Mm. Whatever's in your heart. Oh, okay. And I'm just well, so overall. What okay, you- I would rate it. 
I mean, based on my extremely limited knowledge of animes, out of 10, I would, I think I'd give it a solid six, which I think is pretty high. <laughs> 60%? 60, yeah. Ooh, maybe 670. It's still failing in many, many categories. Okay, 70. <laughs> I'll give it a 70 because I liked it better than Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's hard for me to just, like, I have so many questions because it's hard for me to just accept anime logic. So as a non-anime uh -huh. watcher, maybe I'm just more of a realist and maybe that's why anime doesn't, like, um, tickle my fancy as much as other people's. Yep. Just because there's so many times when I'm, like, like during the fight scenes where it was, like, Vi, I think it was Vi fighting a bunch of other people. They're just sending everybody in one by one to get their ass kicked. In reality, they would just ambush her and they would all win but instead vibe so little things like that yep would i would take a, a point off for that okay so 10 now we're down to nine okay um i guess i don't know where all the other points are <laughs> <lost>. <laughs> i don't know so i think seven out of ten is pretty good yeah that's pretty fair that's I seems enjoy to be it to the average. enjoy it um you know even i know this isn't an episode or this isn't an episode about the promised neverland but the Promised Neverland, I probably would give an 80%, so it's only one tick above, because that one made me really sad to think about children dying all the time, spoiler alert. <laughs> so I think 70s are really good rating. I'd recommend it yeah. to people, because what I like about this anime is it's not overly sexualized, because yep. that's one of my beefs. I think that's a good thing coming out of like, an American animation. Yeah. Because we, I don't know, we as Americans, I would like to assume that we don't want that over-sexualized anime. For we, children. Especially for children. That's what I, yeah, that's what is one of my beefs with anime is yeah. that, you know, so th there's none of that in there. It was an intriguing, you know, I don't know. I think 70's good. No, that's totally What would fair. you give it? Uh, well, me being someone who falls in love with stuff easily, uh -huh. 9, 9.5. Yeah. Like, I thought this was a very solid show, and I loved every single second of yeah, it. Yeah, I did really like the animation style. Um, I guess I don't know. I, I would need to have in my head what a perfect 10 is. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know either. We're still searching for it. Yu Yu Hakusho is perfect 10. Well, probably would give that like a 30% <laughs> of my needs, book. It needs to be updated. But I'm glad you like it. Also, I, I realized Lance put out a question on, what was it, Facebook? Where he was wondering which which anime he should watch with his wife because his wife didn't like oh, Yu Yu Hakusho and everyone tore me apart <laughs> and was like, why are you with her? <laughs> That's a good question, Steve. Let's dig into that. But, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, so that's all. That's fair criticism. It was just not naturally part of this world. So I do thank you very much for watching the show with me and, of course, recording this with me. I was excited. I'm glad you asked me. I hope this was a bearable episode for everybody. I had fun. I had a good time. I really would have liked to do a podcast on The Promised Neverland with you, but, yeah, you, but you had, had more to do. Matt wasn't having a baby yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> But I appreciate you having me. Oh, Aww. thank you so much. All right. And this will conclude today's episode of Arcane Season 1. Make sure to follow us on all our social medias. Rate, review, subscribe. 
Make sure to give us that five-star rating to help us grow. And of course, make sure you follow our partner program with the Animes show on Facebook. Like them and follow them there and find us on there as well because that would help all of us collectively. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Tyler, one of the hosts of RangerCast. On our show, we talk about Power Rangers and other multi-unit spandex heroes. We've got news, reviews, interviews. We talk about the comics, the games, the toys, and all things more phenomenal. Find us at Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or check us out at rangercast.net. May the power protect you.